0: SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event—concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save twenty dollars on your first purchase. Welcome back to the Sports Beat KC podcast. This is Jesse Newell, KUB reporter for the Kansas City Star. I'm joined once again this week by C.J. Moore of the Athletic and Bleacher Report. C.J., how's your week going?
1: jesse what's going on man finally got my plumbing issue fixed
0: <laughs> i'm so happy that that's a couple, good
1: a couple thousand dollars later
0: oh yeah welcome to 30s life for sure yeah
1: not 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 fun but hey basketball let's talk it
0: i, I say we will in one second i
1: just i just wanted to give those, those 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 listeners that are worried i know sitting at home worried about my plumbing they were waiting on
0: they were waiting <laughs> on the edge of their toilet seat to hear you and finish that story um yeah i guess here's my question for you now the bowl that is currently under my toilet that is catching the slow leak for two thousand dollars do i just leave that bowl there is, is that basically what you're telling me
1: oh, catching a slow leak <laughs> oh man i don't know because the slow leak probably eventually becomes a uh a bigger leak i just hope for for your sake um they don't have to drill a hole into your floor <laughs> to, oh. to get to the <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I, my, my fix isn't done yet because uh, now I've got to, like, redo a bathroom and uh, redo, like, a laundry room with tile, and, yeah, it's it's not fun. So. Well,
0: good, good luck to you, CJ. That's all yeah. I have to say to you. <laughs> Good night. But you're Good correct, life. this is a basketball podcast So we will talk about more pleasant topics here Especially when it comes to KU basketball And, and KU basketball fans' viewing of it Because the Jayhawks are 18-4 and 7-2 and two in Big 12 conference play Have a one-game lead over the rest of the teams And also got a huge victory on Monday Over Kansas State, 70-56 to 56. CJ, uh, let's just start with that game I guess, what stood out to you most About the Jayhawks and their performance Against the Wildcats And I guess, what do you think it means For this team moving forward?
1: I don't know if it, it means, like, a whole ton moving forward. I mean, it was a good win. Uh, the the thing that was, you know, stands out to me is Bill Self went zone for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And I think coming out in the second half, you know, they came out, back out in man, and then I believe there was foul trouble again that basically forced his hand to go back to it. But his willingness to go back to it, I think, played a big part in them winning that game and i i thought they did pretty good job in it considering that's something they barely ever do and that um if you can hear in the background there's like groaning from my dad who is um, redo helping redo that bathroom right now so <laughs> <laughs> if you hear like a, if a man like pain noises i think he, he probably just heard us he probably just pulled a disc in his back right now who knows but uh yeah, so anyway, got God bless Kurt Moore. Um their uh the zone was impressive to me because it's not something they've done a lot, not something they probably practice a lot, and I thought they were pretty disciplined in it. And I thought it was a good defense to play against Kansas State because that team is so um Dependent on two guys, Barry Brown and Dean Wade, and I thought it allowed them to kind of identify those guys, find those guys, and make other guys beat them. And I know you wrote a story about um, K State not shooting the ball well from the perimeter that game. I think part of that had to do with the wrong guys taking the shots. So um, I, I thought the zone was was smart, and it was you know usually. Um, you wait for Bill Self to throw out his his kind of curveballs in the NCAA tournament, and here he was throwing it out a little earlier, you know, in a conference game. But, you know, it's not surprising considering their depth issues and things like that. And and I think in the NCAA tournament, you could maybe see some wild things from him considering the, the roster constraints and, um, you know, considering like we've talked about it the last time, he kind of had a – thin bench like this was 2012 and that's that's one of the year he probably got more gimmicky in the NCAA tournament than ever before
0: yeah a little triangle and two action there against North Carolina in that game no I agree with you CJ I mean I, I did write about this and how KU allowed basically from Synergy's log 17 spot up open three pointers to Kansas State in that game and Kansas State made four of them and so you're correct there are certain things you can do to scheme and kind of the point I made too is that Bill Self can put that zone out there, and if K-State hits its first two threes in the zone, uh, against the zone, Bill Self probably calls timeout and goes back to man defense. You know what I mean? like It's not like he's stuck and has to play that zone no matter what. What ended up happening was K-State missed a couple, uh, was not confident against the zone, and then that kind of fed on itself, it seemed like, and, and the Wildcats continue to miss shots. I guess my main point was it's kind of... You're playing on the Razor's Edge when you're playing that way. You know what I mean? Like, w- what happens in that game is not really up to Kansas anymore. It's kind of up to K State. And the Wildcats a couple weeks earlier, or a couple games earlier against Baylor, really had roasted Baylor's zone, made seven of eight three point shots, I think, to start off against it, made Baylor come out of its set. And so, mm-hmm. for me, the bigger concern moving forward is just kind of like, you know, you're right. I thought the rotations were pretty decent for KU in that, in that three point defense, uh, the two three zone. They were getting out to shooters, they were getting out to the wings, that sort of thing, making it very difficult. Having said all that, if you take, if you just look at those screenshots that I posted in that story, there were, I mean, 14 of those 17 threes were open-open. Like, three of them sort of guys are in, in the area, but like 14 of them are wide open. And if K-State makes one or two more, which you probably would still expect, this becomes a different game or a different... Uh, Narrative that goes along with this game. And so, again, Kansas, there are certain ways you can play that. There are certain guys sometimes, hey, you don't have to guard this guy on the perimeter. It's just becoming less and less in today's game because we see so many 4s and 5s now shoot 3s. I mean, Dean Wade's a perfect example, and he was roasting KU. That was a big reason why Bill Self decided to go to the 2-3 zone. I guess my main point is Big 12 opponents have hit 29% of their 3s against Kansas. The next lowest team in the Big 12 is at 33%. You'd be a fool if you bet anything below thirty-three percent for KU's defense the rest of the year. So the Jaguars are going to have to find a different way to be better defensively because right now they get credit for what's happened and the reality that's happened, but it's not something you should project moving forward.
1: Um, now, forgive me with the screenshot. I guess I could pull it up right now, but uh, I read that on my phone this morning, so didn't have, wasn't able to really, you know, study that that picture that well. How many of those? stills those um spot up threes open spot up threes that were missed were taken by dean wade
0: uh not many of them he actually had two here let me pull it up really quickly on here but the interesting thing about it, he he hit two of those open threes uh out of the four that was
1: it that was against man though i think i don't i don't think they gave him many good looks against that zone
0: well, and again, that's part of what you were talking about, is trying to yeah. scheme the way to get it. And you're right, the the looks I looked at on here were all combined with the zone and the man. Looking quickly, I can see he's on one, two, he at least took one of these threes against the zone, but it looks like maybe only one, but he definitely... Did he make two. it or miss it? I think he missed that one, but the, okay. that was the one against yeah. the zone, but the other two yeah. were against man. and. Billsoft said it. I mean, the main reason they went to zone in that game is because KU couldn't stop Dean Wade. Couldn't stop him in the opener. I'm sure they tried to come up with some sort of game plan to stop him in, in the second game, but it's difficult because, you know, the perfect guy to guard Dean Wade would be someone like Perry Ellis because Dean Wade is sort of like Perry Ellis. You know what I mean? Like, he has great footwork inside. He can hit the mid range. He can step out and shoot a three. KU doesn't have a four, really. You know, they have Mitch Lightfoot, yeah. but he's the backup big that has to come in when Yudoka gets in foul trouble, so... If you put in Svee, he's too small. If you put in, if you doke on him, he's too slow. And so that's a really difficult matchup for KU is that scoring four. We kind of talk about this going into the season, like the Reed-Travis type, even though he didn't have a big game against Kansas. That could be a matchup problem against KU on one end, even if the Gears could take advantage of it on the other end. But I get mm-hmm. your point. Yes, I agree with you that, that trying to get Dean Wade out of his game was the main thing the zone was trying to do. I guess all I'm saying is they still allowed a lot of open threes. And so this narrative could have been very different just based on k-state making more threes than it did and k-state came into the game as the top three-point shooting team in big 12 play it just didn't happen on monday night
1: yeah no it's it's, it's a good point and and yeah k was fortunate they shot the ball the that k-state shot the ball the way they did I, I do think that they they did you know some things with their you know getting the 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 wrong guys to shoot the ball for k-state i th- i do think played a part in that but um there there's definitely some credence with with where you're going with that but yeah it was a, it was a good win and and here we sit um going into february and um this down ku down year and like let's let's not kid ourselves like it's still even though they're playing well and they're, they're doing well like it's it's still probably a little bit of a down year for ku and that down year for ku if you look at like bracketologies right now i'm pretty sure isn't ku on the one line
0: uh, on some of them yeah and and <laughs> The big thing is if you look at those team sheets that are now available at NCAA.com, you know, those quadrant one victories that they always talk about, the top 50 RPI teams now, they can say that Ken Palms and the BPIs are all on the sheet now, which is correct. They're stuck up at the top in one corner and like, 7.5 fonts so you can barely see them so they're on the team (laughs) sheets it's an improvement but the whole thing is still the RPI but KU is racking up those quadrant one wins and so it's gonna be very difficult for any committee member who knows that that's kind of what you're supposed to take into account when you're seeding teams to overlook that for Kansas and say hey this team doesn't deserve at least a top two seed and and probably be at least in consideration on the number one line
1: and some of those wins and losses are starting to look a little better like um Nebraska's looking like a better win cuz Nebraska's doing pretty well. Um Stanford no longer like looks like a garbage fire like they've they they cool off a little bit lately but they were doing really really well in the in the Pac-12. Um Washington's like going to be a bubble team and and is hanging in there and doing pretty well in the in the Pac-12. Arizona State's really falling off but um you know Arizona State was kind of doing to, to everybody what they did to Kansas early in the season. So Um, yeah I don't think there's there's not a bad loss really on the resume now that Washington is somewhat relevant and and in the big 12 you're getting plenty of chances to to stack up those wins so it's it's pretty crazy but it kind of kind of made me think as as I was thinking this week about about the pod and about KU like okay so this is your down year for for KU and and self and like they're currently uh, projected to be on the one line and um you know i thought back to like the roy williams era when they were always pretty darn good and always pretty consistent and roy's continued that at carolina but like he has his down years like he has his his eric chinewis and kenny gregory years like the the late 90s and ryan robertson you know, is the best player yeah, yeah. And, uh, hey, easy, because that's my mom's favorite player of all time. <laughs> okay, so I'm
0: taking it easy. She
1: she doesn't listen to the pod, I'm pretty confident. But um, if she did, she'd come at you.
0: By the way, uh, Ryan Robertson roasted me on Twitter the other day. So uh, oh, he did? I, I hear from nice. Gary Bedore, he's the nicest man in the world, but, you know, roasted me on Twitter saying... What do you roast you for? I have to go back and look at it, but it was something like... So, something uh, about numbers? Yeah, well, no, it was the West Virginia game. <laughs> I said that uh, KU was trying to win a bar fight, and that's what West Virginia wants to do. And then you know he did the wait two hours until the game results is finished up and then call me out for a dumb comment, which it's a it's a common Twitter move, but it, it's one that Ryan Robertson pulled off.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but like Carolina, for instance, this year, you know, yeah, they won, they won the title last year, but I mean, KU could have easily won the title last year too. They had a team good enough to win the title, basically and carolina now is like five and five in the acc the the year after and um self just doesn't have those years and you know like for carolina um you know luke may is is their best player um this year at least has been i mean joel Berry is probably their best player but luke may is like they've been their best guy i mean it's it's kind of like uh you know when eric chinnewith is your best guy like carolina fans should be really really scared that, that luke may goes and um goes to a bunch of dave matthews band concerts this this summer probably oh boy. <laughs> but uh no but yeah i mean like carolina it, that program's not not maybe looking the best over you know this year and going forward But self seems to i think part of it's recruiting you know he doesn't have many down years where roy kind of would have those off years and we talked a little bit about this off off air jesse like he'd maybe he'd miss on on some guys and and they would stick around where when KU's missed on some guys they've they haven't necessarily stuck around they've been able to to kind of overturn the roster a little quicker so um but it, it is it is pretty speaks to just the amazing consistency that here we've been kind of talking all year about okay he's a little down and they've got this issue and they've got that issue and we sit here entering February and they're on the one line
0: I'm gonna to come to, to Carolina's defense here, so that we can come back to this February second podcast when Carolina's in the Final Four in a month and a half. But I, I mean, you said five and five in ACC play, and that's correct. But this, this, let's let's get our our calculators out and our oh, pocket geez, protectors. 13th look at this, Kent Palm, look so at, No, no, gonna... no, no, no. Look at this. Look, let me read you their losses, okay? At Florida State, which the game I watched, 81 to 80, a game they were in. Okay, they lost at Virginia everyone's lost everybody does yeah okay yeah uh, at virginia tech by 11 okay uh that mark that one up that's a bad loss okay uh home against north carolina state is a bad loss but in overtime again and then at uh-huh. clemson okay so i mean i, Clemson's I I'm,
1: missing their second best player I,
0: well i'm i'm still at clemson is uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not terrible would you say no clemson no they're, better than-
1: they're not bad they're they're still going to make the tournament but um, your point, point. Your point. Like, your point. Yeah, he, I mean, he's Roy has missed the tournament.
0: Look, the down <laughs> year for Bill Just Self one time. is the down year it's, for Bill Self is in the conversation for a one seed. A down year for Roy Williams was like that, on the eight nine line. That two thousand team. That's yeah, eight nine line. Ryan Robertson is your best player. Um yeah. that's that's a little bit different. You know what I mean? So I and
1: but and and hey, I mean, Roy did an incredible job. He still did. I mean, I I made the argument in a column. Months a few months ago, that that Roy has been like the best coach in the current era. When you add in March success, regular season success, I mean the guys the guys done incredible. So I'm just I'm just like comparing to kind of using him as a as a benchmark to, to show you like the consistency self. I mean I think it gets overlooked sometimes. um You know I know around Kansas it doesn't, and the 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 um, Big Twelve streak is is very appreciated but even with kansas fans probably a little bit you know lose sight of of how like amazing this consistency is and um you know this team right here is is like a good example to show you when it's a quote unquote maybe a down year like he still figures out a way to to make it a pretty pretty good year so that that was that was kind of my my bigger not 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 to dump on Roy because I think Roy is a pretty incredible coach
0: three titles too for Roy which has been uh you know all since he left Kansas but that's an important accomplishment as well I think this is your point with KU fans so I I tweeted this out yesterday since January 3rd the big 12 home teams are 31 and 5 in big 12 play okay in that time, since January 3rd, KU has three Big 12 road wins, and the rest of the conference, all nine teams combined, have uh, two road wins. Okay? There you go. So I tweet that out. It's an amazing stat. It's why Kansas wins the league every year. You know, they have a good home court advantage, but they also take care of business on the road. You've written about that, CJ. I know you talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But I write that, and about half the people tell me on there, oh my gosh, that's a crazy stat. Love this stat, all that stuff. And the other half of KU fans, can you guess what they said?
1: Yeah, but there's home losses. (laughs) Well, well, you're
0: close. Yeah, but it should be four road wins. They should have beat Oklahoma, too. And it's just like, guys, guys, I just – they have 60% of the road Big 12 victory since January 3rd. But for Kansas fans, it's like, well, why don't they have 67%? You know what I mean? Like, they blew that one other game. It's like – but that's that's what I'm talking about with the expectations. How they get out of control, they get out of whack. I mean, every game is supposed to be a victory for Kansas. That's not how it works in college basketball. That's not how it works with other programs. But for KU fans, it's like, oh, KU has three Big Twelve row wins. That's nice. Should have had four. They blew that game against Oklahoma. You know what I mean? So uh, that's the kind of thing you're talking about. Also, something fascinating I wanted to bring up with you, CJ. Uh, I believe it was fake James Naismith. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter last week. This just this shocked me just because you know growing up around these parts and being you know around this program for so long last week was the moment the day when bill self officially surpassed roy williams in terms of days as kansas coach does that shock you or or what do you i mean is that kind of amazing to think because like again for you and me the whole childhood basically was roy williams as kansas's coach and now to think yeah. someone my age that's a kid or that was my age back then their whole life bill self been, has become yeah. roy williams i mean is that kind of amazing
1: no, this makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I can't, you have a hole. Into, you have a hole in your bathroom yeah.
0: that you had to get fixed for two thousand dollars. That didn't make yeah. you feel old already?
1: That should have. That should have made me feel old too. Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. I, I. I came into watching like basketball, college basketball, Kansas basketball during the '90-'91 season is like my first season of memory. So. Yeah, that that uh basically my whole childhood was was Roy and and uh that does make me feel old. <laughs>
0: That's good. Now you feel old. Yeah. Well yeah, it's now it's It is fascinating and, uh, again, impressed with what Bill Self has done at Kansas. Obviously, the consistency that you're talking about is what he does best. I mean, we can talk about the NCAA tournaments and maybe they've underperformed seeds and and haven't been as good, especially in Elite Eight games. That all is true, but the consistency year-to-year, regular season titles, and getting one and two seeds, that's that's definitely what uh, Bill Self has built his career upon. All right, let's go uh, real quickly. I got a podcast question over email from Ross Fortier, so I appreciate him doing that and anybody else out there who's listening if you that's want cool. to send it through email that's totally fine. Um, I also have a, a Facebook page Jesse Newell Sports Report if you want to send it that way too but I know there's some people out there that don't use Twitter. I envy you most of the time uh, because that thing can be addictive and sometimes uh, not bring out the best in all of us but here is his, uh, here is his question. He says I have never been a big fan of, making much, of taking much stock in bracketology that seems to be on every site these days. I look at them out of curiosity and to humor myself. Outside of the top one and two lines, not much seems to be accurate to me, not to mention that so much can still happen and change. That being said, I've seen KU slated in the West region in multiple brackets. That seems a little bit surprising, generally because KU is in the Midwest. I guess at this point, Purdue deserves the top line in the Midwest, Villanova in the East, Virginia in the South. So that kind of leaves the West open. It seems that a lot of brackets either give KU the second the second seed in the Midwest or the one seed in the West. So the question is this. Do you think hey, you would prefer the higher seed in a region that took them to Los Angeles or stay in the Midwest and potentially play in Omaha as a two seed? He says he lives in Southern California, so he's not complaining about the possibility of the Sweet 16 Elite Eight in L.A., but just wondered what he thinks that we think would be the better road for Kansas.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, uh, I do think he's probably right that, you know, or the bracketologist guys – which I'm, I'm not a huge bracketology person myself. I just kind of like to not spend my time looking at those <laughs> over and over again, But which sucks because this time of year when you start to do, you know, when you're doing, when radio even picks up even more, is like that's what people are asking you all it's the time. It's what they're talking so about. Have, it's what people are talking about, You have to like yes. look at it a little bit just to kind of have a familiarity with it, but I'm I'm just kind of like, I, I like to wait to open my Christmas present on on Christmas Day, you know? That's true. But, uh... I think Kansas sometimes I think it depends on the year but I'll, I'll answer it like this because we're coming off the year where I think that Kansas playing in Kansas City wasn't the most positive thing for that team at least in the Elite 8 game I I you know c- correct me if you think I'm wrong Jesse but I thought the nervous energy of um the sprint center got to KU a little bit and increased their nervous energy in that game. Would you Would you say that was the case?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You're taking the words out of my mouth. You know, the statistical side of me here says you want to play in Omaha. That's going to get you a call or two. It's going to get you one to two points. If you know you're Kansas and you you want to win that game, you want to put that one to two points in the bank and take every single edge you can get. Psychologically... I think play KU playing out West might be something that would be welcome for this team. And you kind of remember mm-hmm. also back again, this is dating us as well, but you remember back to the Roy Williams team, the last one, 2003, where that team goes out West. And again, I know this is anecdotal of course, because the year before they went out West and lost to UCLA in what was a quasi home game for UCLA. But you know, that team kind of was able to limit distractions and take, are you out. saying in
1: 2008 team, you said
0: 2003, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, I got the two the two uh, <laughs> eras mixed up there, yes. Yeah, KU yeah, lost to yeah. UCLA in 2007 with Bill yeah, with, with Self. Yeah. 2003, KU went out with Arizona and Duke and took down two teams that were very highly thought of and, and were able to get out of there. I, I don't think that that would be a bad thing, honestly, for this team. And again, we're talking anecdotal. This is not something I normally go way too far into, but this team has played pretty well on the road. I mean, this played, team has played pretty well mm. to, when it's kind of had that bunker mentality. So, I'm not sure that would be the wisest move because, again, you're probably going to get a point or two when playing in Omaha with a home crowd that's going to get in the officials' heads, get you a call or two extra. That's probably going to happen. But just as far as this particular team's DNA goes and seeing how this team has performed in quasi-home games in the Elite Eight in the past few years, uh, I don't think it would be the most horrible thing for them to go out west. If that was the one seed and that's what they had to do, I think Bill Self would take that and run with it.
1: And um, here would be my other thing is like i think matchups are the number one most important thing even even more so than than where you're playing the games so if we i went i just pulled up espn's bracketology because that's what comes up on google first so that's the one i'm going to i I play no favorites (laughs) but um if if you look at, at their current bracket yeah kansas is out west and man it's like a dream bracket I would say for the Jayhawks because all right so Purdue's number two is Duke KU's number two is Xavier and I like Chris Mack's team I think they're good but man I would much rather have my two be Xavier than Duke and then their number three currently in the west is Clemson who like I said is missing their second best player they're probably not going to end up on the three line but for for let's let's say this is the bracket for for fun and the midwest number three is arizona who is like a top five team in terms of talent so you have maybe the two most talented teams in college basketball in the midwest in kus over here with ohio state is their four wichita state is their five Nevada is the eight. Who I would say was would be a scary second round game. But anyway, just uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, if if that's how it played out, I'm, I'm sure Kansas would be like, "Yep, we're going to go out west." Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it would be a change, but I almost think it would be a welcome change. And there would still be KU fans out there. Like, trust me, KU fans will find their oh, yeah, way out west. Sure. And there are a lot of KU fans out west, as evidence when they play against Stanford. You know, in that game, there were a lot of KU fans. So K fans would still make it. It would just maybe be a little bit of a different atmosphere with that because I agree with you like the nervous energy that comes from playing in front of Kansas City fans is different than the nervous there's not as much nervous energy for fans that don't get to see the team play as much you know what I mean like there's it's just a little bit different so I think Bill Self would welcome that if that's what it came down to for this team let's get to Jesse
1: I, I might not welcome it though because I've already been slated for the the Omaha Regional and you know just kind of i could kind of be sad my buddy jesse not there oh you know?
0: yeah i'm sure that would be the saddest part. <laughs> you actually probably would celebrate and then you could get all these uh you know pick up basketball games going and i have to worry about you know like god do i have to invite jesse to bring down the there's, game there's you know never, what I mean? never like, pick
1: up never pick up games till the final four my, my, my friend so you, you got to get the jayhawks to the final four to, to join in on those
0: i don't know if you know this but i really have no impact on that
1: None. <laughs> jesse i thought you 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 decide a lot of these things. I mean, <laughs> you're writing that inspires them. I mean, look at, look at, look at how much KU is treating the three ball right now. You, you don't think you have an influence <laughs>
0: has nothing to do with them having four amazing three shooters. <laughs> I'm sure nothing to do with that. All right, let's get to a few more of these. Uh, Jeffrey JBE 741 We will mention him later in the podcast. Remind me to do that. CJ quick, all big 12 team status check. As we sit here today, who makes it? Give me your all big 12 team, CJ
1: all right let me let me you uh, do you want me to go first go do you want to go first all right so trey young is definitely on there yes keenan evans is definitely on there javon carter's probably on there but like you know if west virginia falls off is that's maybe not the given that you would think but he's he, you probably have him on there then it gets a little tricky like right now I'm putting Devonte Graham on there. But there's another Jayhawk that might push him away, push him off that team.
0: And uh does this person have a moniker that uh is related to a certain deity out there?
1: He does. Wouldn't you agree? He's it's, pushing him? Uh it's getting close. Yeah, it's th- a conversation.
0: I think the narrative is going to keep Devontae as the top guy in these conference all conference teams, but I, I know what you're saying, uh, so yeah, I, I think there's a chance that Sizas could move his way up. A chance, not a good one, but a chance.
1: Yeah, and then right now for me, it's pick your Kansas State Wildcat on the on the fifth spot. Um, I'd probably lean. It's really really hard. Maybe maybe I would lean. I'd probably lean Dean Wade, Dean Wade right now, but um, Barry Brown's really close. So um, that, that would be my team. What, what do you say, Jesse?
0: Yeah, I think you basically got most of them down. I mean, the only question mark, I think, just going a quick glance on these teams would be Mo Bamba and what he can do defensively and obviously the reputation that he's getting for blocking shots. Now, offensively, he's still a work in progress, and he hasn't had the same type of defensive impact against every team. But you can it's definitely –
1: yeah, go you, ahead. Sorry, I was just
0: gonna say you could definitely see him getting on that team just based off reputation alone.
1: But record matters to me, and the fact that that team has a losing record—like, I'm—I'm not putting anybody on my Big 12 team from a that has a losing record on the first team, Big 12 team.
0: You think that that has something to do with Mo Bamba that they have a losing record?
1: Mm, n- not necessarily, but so
0: you're penalizing I, him for something that's totally arbitrary
1: he has an influence on that record (laughs) he's their best player
0: see you're like you're like a Miguel Cabrera lover Mike Trout hater you're like my well angels can't win with Mike Trout okay
1: there's there's how many guys there's nine guys on a baseball field there's five on a basketball court and you can influence a basketball game as one player much more so than you can as a baseball player that's 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 a terrible comparison so where
0: would would Texas be in the big 10 where would their ranking be would they be top half? Of the? they have a 500 record in the Big Ten?
1: Um. Yeah, probably so. Okay, but so he could be on the Texas Big doesn't play in the Big so, Ten. So they he could, play in the Big 12. Well, that has nothing to do with him, though. So he, <laughs> so
0: he could be on the all-Big Ten team playing the exact same way he's playing now because his team is playing a different strength of schedule because the Big 12 is tougher than the Big Ten?
1: Well, the players aren't as good. So, yeah, he could be.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, who, CJ. You who's know you're he, wrong who's, here.
1: Who's he going to knock off?
0: You know you're wrong here.
1: No, I, I'm, I'm not wrong. Like, I, 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 think I think you can put him in the conversation if they finish above, you know, if they finished nine and nine. I, I'd even, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, i gonna, I'll, i even consider him if they're close making, to 500. I'm just but making you question right your now,
0: arbitrary rules here. I'm just making you question them. All
1: right, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. He, he who, who are you taking off that team to put Mo on there?
0: Uh, I mean, the problem is this: the Dean way that. Is playing right now, has not is not the Dean Wade that's happened all season. You know what I mean? So like I like your Dean Wade. Yeah, yeah, but I
1: I, I I um I put more influence on conference games. Okay, for that's, that's fair enough.
0: That's fair enough. Okay, I mean, Bomba's kind of come on as of late, but I would say that Dean Wade's probably the guy that it's between Dean Wade and Mo Bomba, but. I think your point is solid that this looks like a four guard team like most of the teams are in the league. And I think. Javon
1: Carter could end up falling off there if West Virginia really falls off, which I I think they're gonna come you know, they'll probably figure it out. Speaking of West Virginia though, this this is this is the reason why I'm always really, really you know, now I'm saying this now, so it probably doesn't hold as much water as it I should probably pick another time to say this. Yeah, but,
0: since they've lost five or six. Go ahead, <laughs> say what you're gonna say, CJ.
1: The reason I am always he- you always sense a hesitancy in my voice to consider west virginia as a serious serious contender to win the league would you say that's fair or no
0: yeah no that's fair
1: i I always have a little hesitancy with west virginia and you know why because eventually shot selection catches up to you and too many times it's not just this year but there's too many times through the years where they just take a lot of bad shots and i think you know that's that's one of the beauties of bill self as a coach like his teams have really 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 good shot selection and you know even this year when they're playing like we had the question last week where i think uh, this
0: let me say this right now i think this year's team has the best shot selection of any team he's ever had
1: mm. Um, the the marcus morris you know oh, you know i love my that marcus god morris here offense.
0: we go again
1: tyrell reed if we're going bad by shot. the
0: if we're going by the lowest amount of mid-range attempts this team definitely takes the cake okay fair, fair enough but all
1: his teams always take really really good shots um you know my point was you know the guy last week asking does is this team taking too many quick threes no you know i think uh, with the quick threes they take i think are good looks so like i think shot discipline is always a strength of, of Bill Self's teams. It's not a strength of Bob Helgen's teams. And, you know, that's why I think offensively they go through these spurts where they don't play great, you know. You know, obviously talent influences that and Kansas usually has better talent, but West Virginia is not always running the best stuff and and I think that's kind of that's why I'm always hesitant to f- feel like West Virginia is a serious contender to win the league because I think too too many times their offense is going to hurt them in too many games and they're always going to be up near the top because of you know huggins is is a really good coach he's a really good defensive coach but um you know offensively i think they're like what are they 30th in adjusted efficiency so they're not terrible but i I do think their shot selection it leaves something to be desired sometimes let's let's go ahead and, and, and name a second team big 12 team just real quick Okay,
0: well, and real quick, Ryan Robertson, um, exactly what you were talking about is the point I was trying to make with my tweet, which is, KU playing West Virginia. West Virginia is the team with no skill. Like, they're trying to out-muscle you, out-tough you, out-foul you. You know what I mean? KU is the pretty team this year. Like, it's got to go shoot threes. You know, Mm -hmm. it's got to get up there and and not hunt for the perfect shot, but get the threes up. KU is more skilled than West Virginia. So, in that type of game, you've got to go be more skilled. And we saw that from KU finally in the second half when they made three straight threes and got themselves back in the game. Okay, Big 12 second team. I guess, well, if we're going based off your team, Bamba is on the list. Yes.
1: Yeah, but yeah, but Bamba and, and um, Barry Br- Barry Brown.
0: Are you gonna put Udoka um, or Svi? Yeah,
1: Udoka and Svi.
0: Well, what about uh, and um, Nah.
1: Let me think real F- quick here. Fisher
0: had an argument before he uh, he went down, but obviously mm-hmm. he's out now. Yeah. Um. You missing anybody from? Iowa State, nope. like a. Donovan I don't think there's Donovan anybody from attack. I don't.
1: No, Jeffrey I mean Iowa State. You could, no. you could. The, uh, uh, um, Lindell Winnington's doing doing pretty damn, damn well recently. I think. Um, Nick Waller Babs had a really good year, but I, I do I do think Iowa State is maybe that team that kind of, um, of the lo- of those bottom three, I've kind of liked their roster better than those other. Bottom three, and do you, do you consider I do, I do think they might be the best of that like last three bunch. And do you consider? Um, oh, you know, you know, Kerwin Roach might get into consideration. He's been doing pretty well. Sure, we could we could go with. I mean, Kornate might. Let's let's pull up TCU stats real quick.
0: um
1: You think he's 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 the guy?
0: He's Mr. Efficiency. I'm just saying. Bad yeah. defense, Mr. Efficiency. He's tough to guard <laughs> off the roll on so picking picking rolls. Watch?
1: Do you want the, the best shot blocker in the league or do we do we want uh, well the best Brazeons. shot blocker in
0: the league is Bamba. I don't care what Kanate's oh, oh. numbers say. So
1: <laughs> I don't know. let's see who let's see what the uh, let's see what the big twelve numbers say, Jesse. Here let's I don't care click what on, the big numbers say. I don't care. Let's let's see what Kanate is. He is second in I'm I'm guessing he's second in, to Bamba. Hmm,
0: who would be first? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, it's probably second to bamba man that that last spot is is tough um we'll say well you
0: can put two jacks on it so let's say let's go with your original oh, we five. did we did so, so bamba svi uh yudoka
1: and barry brown
0: barry brown and then
1: that fifth spot's tough
0: probably either Konate or uh, you could J-Ox. even I'm, I'm could also
1: you know what you could also consider manu Lecompte like even though baylor's oh yeah really Lecomte, not, yeah not very good see that would
0: be my ruling which is like hey i don't care if you're on a bad team that's not all your <laughs> fault yeah no i'll go ahead and throw let's let's put Manu on there yeah let's yeah over uh Lecomte, i like bro jansky but let's get lecompte over him he's more solid yeah. on both ends yeah. all so right.
1: that's 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 our current second big 12 team so, anyway, all right. What was, what's next?
0: Nothing. We're going to go lightning round here uh, with these very quickly. From Patrick Sheehan said, How many people are more valuable to KU Athletics than Andrea Hooty? The list has to be short. It's a difficult question to answer, kind of weigh people against each other. But, uh, you know, with the way she is ahead of kind of the science and the industry and doing things at KU that other programs are just kind of catching up to, I'd say she's pretty important. I mean, I don't know where to rank that. But would you agree with all those things I just said, CJ?
1: Yeah. And I, I think that the guy you you point to more so than any other on this roster that her value is probably very valuable is you don't a bouquet i've i've talked about what i thought of saw of him when he was in high school i think he's they've done a lot with and she's done a lot with his his body and his quickness so yep she's she's pretty valuable that's you, you you won't hear us <laughs> not say that. So yeah,
0: the analytics people will not talk down on Andrew Hootie. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Dan Fagan, which upcoming game seems to be like the seems to be the biggest trap for KU moving forward? Let me uh, let me just read off the schedule here, CJ. Quickly, home against Oklahoma State, home against TCU, at Baylor, at Iowa State, home against West Virginia, home against Oklahoma. So out of those six, you have one that kind of looks like that to you?
1: Uh, I'd say the two tricky ones that might not jump out to people i think home against tcu i still think tcu is you know they're really really good offensively um they could jump up and surprise you and then at iowa state's always going to be tough um you went all the way six games so i mean obviously i think those west virginia oklahoma games aren't easy i I think you got to like ku's chances against oklahoma at home um but you know you never know trey young could go for 50 on who knows and um west virginia i still think is always a tough matchup for kansas because there's something in ku's head even though they still won that game you know that you're at west virginia i think that'll go a long way and help them but um they they kind of there's i think there is a little bit of an intimidation factor by west virginia style and just like the way they approach that game so even when west virginia's struggling i i think that's always a, a, a tough game so that's that's probably the toughest of the next six but don't those TCU and Iowa State games I, I would circle as two that could be tricky
0: yeah I think you're right uh TCU at home I think is probably the one I would have picked and actually second place at Baylor you know Baylor seems to me they've, yeah. been, they've been a team that's just been so bad lately but again bad in the big 12 I think means something different than bad in another conference so uh, yeah I'm
1: always a Baylor defender I just don't think they're very good this year
0: KU's had so much success at Baylor, too, that it could be kind yeah. of one of those tricky games. And again, KU's won a lot of close games there, too. It's just, you know, can you keep that magic going? I guess we'll see here in a couple weeks. Uh, from Joel, he says really quickly, he says, there has to be a better way to quantify offensive efficiency than saying a player got, quote, X points on Y shots. Very misleading to not count free throws as shots. Should we make effective field goal percentage great again? And so, you know, we, me and you were talking about this one, CJ, before, but that's kind of what the offensive rating is. It kind of takes all those numbers into account. Now, you have to use it with usage percentage. You have to say, okay, his offensive rating was 140 and his usage percentage was 25%. So that's a great night, or, you know, because he took on a large offensive load and was an efficient player. But I think that's kind of the, the heart of what offensive efficiency tries to do is to take all that stuff into account, make it into one number. That number just isn't quite mainstream yet.
1: And tr- true shooting percentage as well. Yeah, that, that t- takes factors into,
0: factors in free throws.
1: Yeah, that that's probably more fair for just shooting purposes. Um, if if you're looking for uh, a way to quantify efficiency without, you know, getting the the assists and turnovers into play, but um, yeah, that I'll let you take that one, Jesse. That, that that's that's your baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, and I wanted to get to some of these on here. Uh, we asked people a couple of weeks ago to go to the Sports Beat KC podcast and iTunes, rate and review the podcast. We begged you guys to do it because Therese does that with his people, and so there's a lot of we love Therese on there. And so you know, like I said, it's it's great to read comments and see feedback from people. You guys came through. I wanted to read some of these. These are great, CJ. Um, like for example, I talked about um, earlier in the show one of the guys that went on there and did it, uh, CBE4 or JBE741, he put, very much enjoyed the excellent KU basketball coverage from Jesse and CJ. They have a fantastic dynamic. The podcaster informative and thoughtful yet concise. I pretty much read everything KU and this is the best coverage. So things like that on there, we really appreciate it. I, I know some of the guys were pretty funny on there and talking about, um, you know, making fun of us like, hey, let me see if there's one right here. Oh. And if you are a stat geek, well, Jesse has you covered by a mile, says Beware Fog on there. Uh, Still gave the five stars, so I appreciate that. But no, some really good comments on there. We definitely appreciate them. And I know it kind of brought a smile above our faces when we kind of checked back in on that and saw that a bunch of people had come through. So thank you to uh, Krenmeister, to Matty Ice, to Beware Fog, to Chief in the OC, to Jake Jayhawk, to Hey Jay, uh, Jayhawker. All these people went on there and, and gave a review. And so we definitely appreciate it and would appreciate more if people want to go out there and do that.
1: Yeah, to be clear, as far as we know, those aren't our moms. So.
0: <laughs> I only have one mom, so yeah, it's that's, that's gonna be uh, <laughs> gonna be very difficult for her, especially at her age, since I don't think she listens to the podcast. Yeah, she, my, uh, to go make multiple <laughs> Apple accounts.
1: Yeah, I, I don't even think my mom could figure out how to to, to write a uh, a podcast um, review. I I don't even know if I could figure it out, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, that was Jesse. You told me to go check those out, and uh, you know, it, it it seeing things like that does does make it you know worth it's been an, it been obviously i like doing this just because i you know jesse i i love you buddy and uh, <laughs> and i i like you know talking basketball at one, knowing once a week i'm going to talk to jesse about basketball so it, it makes it fun but going on there and seeing that that was that was really cool and, and you shared with me uh an, an email to or i think an email from a, a listener that was that was really really neat too so thank you guys for doing that keep keep, keep them keep them coming so so jesse's bosses think that he's good at his job and, and uh just to keep you know my ego help stroke my ego a little bit it's it's
0: nice yeah it's always good to, to fake and fool the bosses that's uh that's what we're all about here and <laughs> not doing quality stuff or good content but just making sure to fool those people that pay us uh, just to keep us so we can keep doing more pretty
1: fair yeah. for, fair, fair for sure yeah and if, if you if you want to you can you can tweet at Seth davis that cj is awesome and we want more coverage from him at the athletic, you know, all that, all that helps.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely take all that that we can get. We're going to wrap up the podcast from there for CJ. This is Jesse. Thanks for checking out the sports beat KC podcast and be sure to tune in for another episode next week. SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase.